The following is part two of a two-part podcast, so if you're interested in understanding what's going on, make sure that you're caught up on the previous part. I don't know if there's necessarily any countering it. I think the I think the issue here is it, it goes back to like the stakes involved in um in any conversation. The original Virgin versus Chad memes were self-referentially aware of the fact that the Chad was absurd and ridiculous. Like the one with the Virgin walk versus the Chad walk. I really liked the original ones because originally um the Chad like all the stuff the Chad did was weird and psychotic. Like the the Chad walk is he bumps into every person he sees, he has his arm out at long distended angles so that he crowds as much space on the sidewalk as possible, he crosses eight feet with every, like, stride, you know? The idea is that he's so masculine and so self-absorbed um, that it's it's like a joke, like it becomes a joke, you know? But the problem is that over time, people have done... The, the, the original satire has been lost, and now people just associate... Like, to me, in my mind, like... The idea of posting a bad take with GigaChat underneath it is funny because the joke is that you're you're some kind of like self obsessed idiot j blundering into a stupid take because your 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 chiseled jawline and massive muscles uh, have kind of insulated you from the idea that you might be wrong. Like to me, the joke is the is is like it's kind of a self-deprecating thing. But a lot of people don't treat it that way. There's no irony. It's funny because all these people online call themselves irony bros, but there's no fucking irony to it. Like they they just unironically have all the, sh the stupid takes. You know, there's no <laughs> there's no actual I'm, there's nothing to it. They're I mean, sincerely yeah, that dumb. Um. It's absolutely crazy, and it doesn't just extend to just online culture memes and stuff. It's like people identifying with, um, I'm sure you've seen this like in, in cell communities, and so identifying with the Joker, or uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character Jordan Belfort from The Wolf of Wall Street. I think These it's a... kinds of people represented in like film, television, or like, you know, giga chads, but they're like terrible people inside of their own shows. I think it's important to understand that a lot of this stuff is being done by like 14-year-old white boys who have never talked to a woman and never touched grass, which probably also constitutes about 60% of the server, you know. I'm looking at the AMA discussion chat right now and my feelings on this are being confirmed. Um, like, you, you have to understand that a lot of this is from people who are legitimately so insecure and unaccomplished that the best they can, the best approximation of confidence they can ever muster is just like posting a muscular guy and saying something stupid underneath it. And to them, that's confidence. That's the closest that they can get. Um, because the real confidence, which is having a real position, owning it and defending it sincerely, the actual like metal of men uh, who've built this world, you know, like the actual, the, the fabric of society, people who are willing to sincerely adopt something and then defend it to their, um, you know, to their dying breath, that's beyond them um, because they're young and they're inexperienced. Um, and they're, they're, they're quite cowardly. And a lot of them are going to grow uh, out of it, you know? Like, a lot of that is kind of a temporal thing. Um, but it is one of the great crimes of the internet is subjecting the rest of us to the eternal retardation of these people before they grow old enough to moderate their opinions somewhat, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just disheartening when you try to genuinely put your opinion out there and someone responds with, no, Giga Chad, no. Well, it's, you know, it's just something... It's much, much in the same way, I'm sure, that the, the great philosophers in the Parthenon would occasionally have to deal with shit-faced uh, children running by and flinging rocks at them. You know, we, it's, we, it's, just, it's just part of engagement. It's, uh, it's unfortunate, but it's just part of life.
All right, yeah, that, that's, that was um, all my questions, just your thoughts on that particular phenomenon. Thank you so much. Great, of course. Hey, next up, Patches says that their mic is uh, fixed, so Patches, uh, go for it. Okay, can, can you hear me now? Howdy. All right, nice. Okay, so I'll, I'll mute the stream and go to Discord. So, uh, okay. I'm not here. Am I, can you hear me on Discord? Am I just not? Wait, am I, I in the wrong chat? I can hear you no, just you're good. fine. Oh, okay, okay. So, I mean, the last question wasn't too bad, but I'm, I was hoping I could provide some respite from the 2016 brain questions. So, oh, yeah, hit me up. Uh, so I would consider myself a transhumanist. And I think one of the problems, I think, uh, in a lot of ways with just the kind of futurist and transhumanist community is a lot of them are just Elon Musk dick writers and people who think NFTs are going to be how we pay for coffee in 30 years. And yeah. that's just stupid. But technology is incredibly, incredibly important for just the future of our civilization and I think it just gets conflated a lot of times with just these tech bros who think, oh, yeah, it's so great that we're replacing all the workers with these kiosks or whatever. Okay. Well, my question is mainly with automation mm -hmm. and eventually AGI once we get to it, how should society adapt so that people are still taken care of and people can still be fulfilled? I think... I mean, the problem we're running into with capitalism as well is that, like, the the economic outcomes of the system are treated as self-evident, you know? Um, the, the, the logic of capitalism is, is such that anything which deviates from the natural accumulation of capital in the hands of the bourgeois is seen as some kind of, like... Um, hand wavy you know like a bread being thrown to the crowd so when we talk about stuff like welfare like welfare isn't taken as the default you know the insane idea that we might have a base level of provision with the incredible wealth power and um uh, efficiency of modern society you know that's the ridiculous idea whereas the sensible straightforward default assumption is that the economy and the market should just be allowed to run rampant to whatever extent is possible um, and everything left over, you know, is, 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 the, is the pittance we allow for charity. Um, the same will be the case with automation. With automation, it may very well be the case that literally all wealth, all production, and all economic capabilities are achieved exclusively through the ownership of one single human being. That is entirely possible. It's not likely, but it's something that could happen. Uh, and if that was to be the case, you know, what do we do? Just sort of shrug? Um, you know, uh, uh, oh, uh, you know, well, they got to everything first. What are we going to do? No, obviously not. Um, as, uh, um, as even if everything's being handled by AI, the earth is populated by humans. And I think that what we need to do is stop thinking of welfare and UBI and stuff as like a placating force to keep the proles in line, but rather as mm -hmm. the default assumption upon which we build everything, including whatever efficient economically, you know, uh, streamlined AI built system we'll have in the future. Okay. Well, I just remember because there was one point in the past where I think you were talking about UBI, and I think you were really critical of it at the time. And I think the reasons you were critical were reasonable because it was just saying, oh, well, landlords are just going to raise their rent by the exact amount that people get a UBI. And then that, the benefit that was is pretty much going to go out the window. That was a bit of a simplistic answer on my part, but I do think that UBIs are dangerous while we still live under capitalism, because I think that we risk the possibility of an underclass being created 
of people who have no jobs because there are no jobs for them to have, and they just barely are able to survive because of, um, like, UBIs that, that just, like, barely gives them enough to live off of. And they're essentially an eternal underclass now because not only do they have way too little, they also have nothing to fight for. It's not like they can fight for jobs because there are no jobs, you know? We're kind of we're kind of reaching that point right now, I think. Um, but I don't know. Maybe that'd be better than absolute deprivation, which might be inevitable anyway under our current logic. I don't know. It's yeah, it's pretty tough. And also, assuming the possibility of an apocalypse is off the table, if we get to the point where we get AGI, and in in my belief, once we get AGI, it's basically the same point we get artificial super intelligence because it wouldn't be that much harder to make it just a little bit better than humans. Although, uh, it, it depends on how we do it. Like, if we, our first AGI is just a simulation of a human brain, then yeah, it's just going to be human level, but... This all is actually... a, a bit beyond my purview for analysis. Yeah. I have no goddamn idea what fancy well, pants I... shit people are going to come up with. Well, the, sim the simple way of saying it is, just I'm curious, if we get into a world where AI can essentially do everything, including kind of emotional and social tasks as good or better than humans, then how should humans kind of pursue meaning in that world? And how should we fight in the meantime so to set up that world? So another reason that I wanted to ask the question is because with increasing automation and with artificial intelligence, <laughs> is that the more art automation you have, the less bargaining power that workers will have because they'll be, workers will be less essential to running that society. And so, like, in the run-up to getting that level of technology, we can, we should probably be bargaining to get, get it so we reap the rewards of that. But it seems like if we wait too long, then we won't have that bargaining power. Just remember that no matter how advanced things get, the systems of uh, distribution and consumption are always going to be um, something humans have a force in. Uh, no, no economic structure can survive... Uh, the intolerance of the humans who are a part of it. Even if everything is fully automated, there's always something that can be done. It might not be through labor power, just a broader, like, um, human spirit, I guess. But there's always something to be done. All right. And my, my last one is, if you could have a custom robot body, would you transfer your brain to it? Um, no. I like being made of meat. All right. <laughs> Okay, I fair like enough. being a meat boy. Yeah, that was my question. Take care. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, and have a wonderful day. I gotta piss real quick. Give me just one sec, okay? Go for it. Okay, so the rest of you, um, so Spooky has been kind enough to put together a queue for me. Um, she's putting together a, a text queue right now, I think, um, which is also super helpful. Um, if you're watching the stream and you'd like to get in on the anime, uh, you can go to discord.gg slash politics or just uh, politics.gg in your browser. And that will bring you here to us and all of our uh, wonderful, terrible, awful uh, people in the community. Um, for those of you who are still uh, trying to get questions in, I'm not sure how long Vash is going to stay on. Um, typically, these things go for two hours, but I'm going to, you know, uh, try to squeeze them for as much as I can. <laughs> so, uh, if you, if I haven't if I haven't gotten to your question, uh, I'm going to do my best to do it. Um, there, just be aware that there are a lot 
and I'm not going in order. So if you just add a question in right now, if it's interesting, I might still get to it. So don't don't be disheartened. Okay, I think All right, you're I'm back. back. Awesome. Okay. Howdy. Next up is uh, Zionist Jules. Um, Zionist, whenever you are ready, go for it. Zionist. Uh, sorry, they're currently racing into the, um, the unoccupied house of a Palestinian to establish a new settler colony. Give them a second. <laughs> okay, Zionist, I'll come back to you. Um, I'll go to Rainbow then. Rainbow, if you're ready, go for it. Um, hello, can you hear me? Howdy. Hi, Vosh. Um, I just want to say hello to chat real quick. I'm, I'm Rainbow, and um, I've been part of your community for about a year or two now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I know. It's terrible, actually. I got bullied horrible for it. Um, my question, I, I've written one or two. Like, if I, end up take, if I end up taking up too much of people's time, like, you can cut me off. But the first question I thought of when I heard this was going on was... In your opinion, do you think that nationalism can be left-wing or progressive, or does it always inherently end up leaning to the right or being conservative? Because here in Ireland, nationalism is kind of linked to more socialism rather than fascism, um, even though it's Christian socialism. I think um, given enough time, it will always lean right. But I agree that nationalism can be a really, really, really powerful tool in uniting people when there's like a, a greater thing to fight against. So an example would be Ukrainian nationalism, which I have engaged in in equal parts, ironic and unironic, um, you know, uh, 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 discourse. Um, and, and if, you know, like Ukrainian nationalism right now, at least outside the Azov battalion, I think is, is a liberatory force. Um, so I, I fully agree it's possible for such a thing to be good, but after Russia gets beaten back, if they do, while things are looking good right now, you know, if they do, um, given enough time, Ukrainian nationalism will fester and rot having achieved the primary goal, um, uh, of, of its, of its resurgence, you know, uh, it will um, it will worsen. It will become exclusionary. The more powerful Ukraine gets in a in a in an economic and social sense, the more uh, Ukrainian nationalism will turn from the underdogs fighting against Russian uh, occupation to uh, them looking to persecute Russian speaking um, minorities within the country, or you know, like people more in the Donbas area. Um, Ireland has not yet reconquered the Isles, um, but after it does, I I hope that you um, after your victory, I hope you find another. Uh, another unifying uh, force yeah god willing we will take england soon um god willing. and the republic of Krak the, the, the republic of krakistan will be will be formed i only ask i i ask because you know after hearing like that absolute weirdo from earlier the pro-russia guy like as an irish person watching the ukraine russia like conflict i'm obviously on ukraine's side um because irish people were oppressed and stuff um, it reminds me a lot of, you know, what England did to Ireland uh, hundreds of years ago up until very recently. We're not even, you know, independent a hundred years. Um, the next question I had, if, if there's time, because um, uh, some other people started asking about transgenderism throughout the, the AMA is, what do you think as a fellow autist, because I'm autistic myself, what do you think of people who identify as autogender slash autogender or people who believe that their autism is inherently linked to how like they perceive their gender because if you think about it gender is all about so like so social roles as you've said earlier and autism kind of you know impacts that so um do you think that's a stupid thing to do to link like your neurodivergence with your gender identity or do you think it's kind of valid and 
it kind of makes sense to you because when I thought I used to think it was stupid but as soon as I kind of gave it some thought I was like that's true I I, I do kind of question my womanhood sometimes you know because I'm so autistic <laughs> I think it's I think it's valid and stupid at the same time um here's look so here's the thing like real talk okay I think that so I don't get people who spend a lot of time thinking about their gender identity because I've never had to. It's very easy for me. I'm a cis guy. I've never had to think about it. Just a complete, just, I am just blundering straight ahead in life, undeviating um, until I march to the grave. Fantastic. Makes it easy for me, mm. you know? Um, I understand that to an extent, like other people aren't going to have it as easy. They're going to have to grapple with elements of their identity. If we start doing stuff like autism gender, what we're essentially saying is that gender just means identity and there's nothing about gender which distinguishes it from identity as a concept. Um, now there's nothing inherently wrong with that, right? Like I'm not a linguistic prescriptivist, you know, descriptively, if we want to just make those two words mean the same thing and people are going to go that road, then fucking okay. Like it doesn't harm the world to do that. You know, when I think of gender, I think of identity that has an association with sex. So man and woman and then non-binary being, you know, sort of the deviance from that binary, since we do have not a binary, but at least a bimodal sexual expression in humans. Um, and then identity is like a bunch of stuff on top of that, so we, but we call it gender identity already. I guess, I guess my broader answer is that like, at the end of the day, I think a world where people have the freedom to think about this stuff and talk about this stuff and identify this way is always going to be a better world where smart asses like me are like, um, technically there's more utility to defining it like this way. Like, obviously my, my protests here are pissing into an ocean. People are going to do what they want to do. And in this case, the stuff that they want to do seems to be motivated by genuine introspection. So like, I, it, I don't think it hurts anyone. And if it helps people understand their identity, then fucking go for it. Yeah, I completely agree. Cause the only reason I ended up, ended up thinking this much about gender was because I was in lockdown in 2020. Like, that's the only reason, like, I'm not sitting here saying I, I identify as all gender. I just thought it was interesting that um in a broader sense like the reason i suppose the reason why i'm so like weird about gender is because it's a social thing and because i'm autistic it affects it basically um yeah, thank main, you so much for answering my, huh? my, my main concern my only concern and i do see some lefties fall into this sometimes is that they they mistake self uh, they mistake introspection for self-labeling and there are people yeah. who get some kind of like a a aesthetic or intellectual satiation out of attaching more labels to themselves to the point that like um like a twitter bio is just a collection of three letter acronyms just sort of stretched out across the entirety of the character limit um and uh in in such a state um you know i don't know how much real introspection is being done there i just think that sometimes people want to like label themselves in increasingly granular and hyper specific ways and uh i don't know if that's I don't know if that's a healthy way of thinking about yourself. I think that people and our personalities are generally pretty free form and that categorization, categorization when done should be done for a purpose because to do it without purpose is to invite um, additional meaning to be ascribed to categorization, which I think is, is politically harmful. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's just interesting considering you have like libertarian socialist or 1963 post bot in your bio. Like maybe you shouldn't define yourself by those categories. No, I'm kidding. Um, thank you for answering my questions. Yeah, it's you, just you, I'm in Getting yourself out of there right there. You, you skating out at the last second. I was going to give you a, a talking to. No, I, I, yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you for the conversation. Thank you. And uh, do another OK Buddy Vosh, you absolute coward. Yeah, it's about that time. <laughs> yeah. Thank, All right, you, thank you so much, Vosh. Take care. Next up, we have a much less nice person, uh, Pepe Pinochet, whenever you're ready. Oh, wonderful. Uh, hi, 
Hi, Vosh. So um, I'm ready to have a very yeah, nuanced I, and respectful discussion of my political positions. All right. Well, so you make some points where I, I guess I can kind of agree with you. Like, you know, you just let trans people exist and, you know, there's no reason to stop gay people from existing, all that. But which I, I largely agree with. Now, when it comes to freedom of association, both on a micro and a macro level, um, what, are, what are your thoughts on that? Um, freedom of association is a euphemism. You already have the right to associate with whom you choose. What it really means is, yeah. do I have the right to ban certain races or ethnicities or nationalities of people from occupying certain cities, states, Bingo. countries? Uh, so you're a coward for using the euphemism. Uh, what you should have asked me is, how do you feel about the construction of an ethnostate? To which my obvious answer is no. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah. Well, no, I'm, I don't. I don't really think of in terms of ethno states. So, so, like for example, a country like Belarus, almost completely fucking white. Now, if they only wanted their people to continue living there and just didn't let in immigrants for the most part, I don't really see that that being that big of a deal. I mean, they're not putting people in camps or you know rounding people up by the millions and deporting them. I mean, I I would say there's that kind of ethno state. I'm I'm fine with. Um, there can be legitimate even, economic reasons to curtail immigration under some circumstances, though generally speaking, immigration tends to be a pretty positive force for the countries people are immigrating to, especially in a country of Belarus, which, as I understand it, has the GDP of one turnip sitting on a pedestal. Um, oh, you know, sure. They could benefit from the uh, from the labor from the labor they they get brought in. Um, so uh, you know, if if the if the reason uh, immigration is being curtailed. Um, is because there's some sincere, like, economic justification, or, like, during COVID, like, closing the borders, you know, stuff like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, but if it's, like, the idea of keeping some kind of racially homogenous population, I think that's extremely gay and cringe. Well, can you tell me what is necessarily wrong with it? If that's what they choose, and they choose to live with the economic consequences, why, what, are, they're not necessarily hurting anybody. They're hurting people, absolutely, because they're denying people Ow. the opportunity to travel freely. We're born on one It's not Earth. their country. It doesn't, I don't, I don't care. You're talking to a socialist. I don't care. Their country is. Um, countries are lines drawn on maps to describe yeah. political jurisdiction. We are born oh. to one Earth. The idea that because of a person's skin tone, they should be disallowed from going around the world, that there are parts of the world, people and places they may never see, restaurants they may never get fat at, just because of their skin tone, it's an abomination to me. And I'll need a better justification than because the home population is racist, because I've never considered that a particularly good argument for anything. Oh, sure. Uh, well, I mean, just because if you value uh, what is, you know, the collective identity of both your ethnic group and the values of that ethnic group, and you just don't want there to be any kind of... Um, ethnic tension and you don't want the the culture to change um culture will always you know, change and ethnic yes it tension... always changes i knew you were going to say that oh but, okay you caught oh, me there but, but ethnic but of tension... course that's going to definitely help that's definitely going to bring upon change you can't have immigrants into a country without them causing some kind of change i think even you know that well if change is inevitable then i don't see any reason to avoid it American culture has been enriched tremendously through the presence of our non-white brethren. In fact, American culture is almost entirely oh. defined by them. Um, so I don't, you know, from an American perspective, I have a very positive attitude towards the cultural changes associated with immigration. Ethnic tension as well. There are no countries in the world right now that don't have ethnic tension. That's the problem mm. with tribalism. 
even if you don't have people of different races in an area, people will find something else to get out over. You know, it'll be different ethnic groups or sub-ethnic groups. Ethnicity and yep. race are both infinitely divisible. You know, if you want to get particular about it, you can find incredibly microscopic deviations in the social and genealogical timelines of any set of groups. So I just, I don't think you can avoid conflict. And my, my, my way of arguing for this is that like Belarus is not a great country. Look at the countries, the world around that are ethnically close to homogenous. They suck. The coolest countries on earth, the ones that have the greatest freedoms, the coolest restaurants, the sweetest babes, are of course democracies uh, that have multi-ethnic cultural contributions. Uh, mm. We're living it up. And part of that I think is just because an open attitude, a humanitarian attitude towards immigration mm -hmm. and people's rights is just one that begets better culture. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I actually agree. I think we were incredibly culturally enriched, um, you know, throughout the particularly 1800s, 1900s, early 20th century, uh, you know, by the, the Irish, Italians, the Polish, the German. That's the that's the kind of cultural enrichment I'm perfectly fine with. Um, really? I, I would say eh, not so much as of, you know. Post-1965. No, not, not at all. But we're okay with the tens of millions of black people that we brought in? Well, I mean, I wouldn't say we're okay with them, to be honest, but, you know, they're here. They're making, they've made the most substantial and disproportionate cultural contributions. Whether you're talking about American food, American music, American tell. Oh, yeah. No way. Uh, well, that... of course. Yeah, I mean, they're good at basketball and, and, and rapping. And of course, you know, if, oh, when it comes wait, to hold, blues, hold the, your horses. The blues and rock and roll. Wait, yeah, okay. wait. Oh, just minor things like the blues, jazz, rock and roll, and hip hop. You know, just only the past century of popular music uh, the mm -hmm. world around, you know. Uh, let's not let's not delegitimize that. Not to mention some of the best food in the states, by the way. You go down to uh, to Louisiana or New Orleans or whatever, you're going to have yourself a... Um, a wacky good time. Um, so I, I guess, so, okay, try to try to quantify it for me. Like, what's the issue? What's the issue with non-whites? Oh, well, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to just say non-whites. I mean, of course, I would say probably the biggest, the biggest pro racial or, I'll actually use the word racial tension that we have is going to be mainly with the African-Americans. And they have contributed a lot. I mean, they, they, have phenomenal, um, you know, violent crime rates and murder rates. I love it. Um, Do they? But you know, and just overall dysfunction and, and oh, on average, on. wait, wait, rates. wait, wait, Come on. Oh, wait, hold on, okay, hold okay. on, wait, hold, hold your horses, okay? We'll we'll take your racism apart one at a time. I love the IQ discussions with people who I know I could um, bat heads against and reduce theirs to a soup-like homogenate. All right. Major. So first of all, um, with regards to violent crime rates, uh, a product of the war on drugs. Not hard to see either. You can look at the change in uh, rates of violent crime committed by different racial and ethnic groups. And it's pretty clear that in line with the fact that the war on drugs was essentially a way for Nixon to deliberately target the hippies and black people, um, the economic conditions created by the war on drugs then led naturally uh, to a sort of gang arms race in the inner city. Inner cities, which were predominantly populated, of course, by black people, um, because uh, white people had fled after the uh, factory jobs dried up in many of these areas, which is why the Rust Belt has so many of the problems that it does today. Of course, if you look at it on a state by state level, actually, it's the red states that have higher rates of firearm homicide per capita than the blue states, despite blue states generally having larger cities, which 
kind of pulls you away from the whole black crime narrative and makes you think it might have something to do with uh, economic inequality, which is something that we have made an effort to exacerbate in the black population for about as long as they've been here. First through slavery, then through Jim Crow laws, through redlining, and through, well, through a lot of stuff, part of which being the drug war. As to the IQ argument, well, position, I guess, that you laid forward, um, all of the available evidence we have, while not determinative, seems to indicate that the IQ difference between black and white people is pretty much entirely environmental. We haven't closed the gap yet, but it is closing year after year after year. It must be difficult, you know, to be one of those uh, uh, genetics IQ types, you know, when every time the uh, average IQ between black and white people is measured, it's part of a broader trend that closes the gap. And then you have stuff like the Flynn effect, where IQ is so obviously determined by environment that it's difficult to explain the extent to which genetics even come into play. Then you have all those studies that lie about the definition of heritability, hoping that people will be tricked by it, you know? Heritability, like uh, if you've got a rich daddy, well, I know what heritability rich is heritable. Is. Yeah, well then why do the studies and fucking Substack articles on racial IQ differences keep misusing it? Because they think that people mm -hmm. reading them are going to fall for it. Heritability doesn't refer to genetics, it just refers to heritability. So... No, anyway. I agree. And I catch people making that mistake all the time. Now you ended white up going white people over a lot. because now, of your low IQs, your tiny oh, fucking oh, pea brain yeah, white okay, IQs keep low misunderstanding IQ. heritability. You know, I've Amazing. never met a black person who misunderstood is. heritability. Heritability, heritability is basically the the difference between a population, the variance. For example, with something like IQ, that variance can be explained. That will they will say that that will be due to like heritability. It has nothing to do with oh, it's forty nine percent genetic, i.e., uh, your your genes. I understand the two are completely different things. Now, first of all, when Thank it comes you for to IQ, rising I'm above not, the average intelligence of your white compatriots. Now, I am not making the point that. Um, it, well, I will kind of push back. I mean, there's, I there, I would say there's actually more evidence that would point towards there being a biological reason why there might be an IQ disparity. But I do believe that there are environmental ones. Which one weighs more? I don't know. I don't care. At the end, now, at the end of the day, it doesn't now, matter. But, but, no, on, no, no, wait, 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 no, 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 wait, no, wait, wait, hold on. See, we, we, we now defer to the inherent imbalance of an AMA. I love to hear people pontificate over how they've suddenly solved the racism uh, question or whatever, but you were talking about it. why we shouldn't let these folks into the country. Okay. Now but I want to be are already in the country. Yeah. But you were talking about post 1965. Uh, uh, um, oh, sure. Yeah. So but I was talking about the IQ and criminality of blacks, which so are if, not immigrants. They so, actually can tie their ancestry to the United States further back than most white people can I don't care about ancestry. So, so look, we'll story. just, let's just shorten this because I've done these arguments a couple of times. Okay. There's no evidence to indicate that the criminality or the IQ difference is genetic, literally none, because if there was, then it would have already been touted out and screamed from the mountaintops mm -hmm. by every alt-writer online. And secondly, even if all those things were genetic, I would still want them in my country. Um, I am a amazing, true and blue still, border that still abolitionist. Does not, that still does not dismiss the fact that they have far higher violent crime rates and lower IQs. How they got lower so IQs, poor people. Should we just can, kick all the poor people out? But they have not closed the gap in over 30 fucking years. It's oh, continuous. That's, cr that's crazy. The, the legacy of being a second-class citizen hasn't erased in 30 years? That's insane. Um, may, I, I, frankly, I'm surprised they didn't get over it in five. Um, 
Yeah, the, the issue I have is that, you know, we waste our time arguing over here. And by the way, like, there's a reason why geneticists are overwhelmingly left-leaning. Every educated discipline generally is. Um, you know, things keep panning out in our favor when it comes to explanations for these phenomena. Nah, really. But no, they really do. Trust me. I've no, gone, no, Ayer, I've gone over the Ayer, data. Who's a lefty, who's, who's over what he, he, he's a lefty, but even he's said, well, the fact that we see that we know that IQs are, are vary between, be, between individuals, when you see a group disparity, you cannot rule out that there is some kind of a genetic cause. Of course, in he's a researcher. And I don't even care which one is the fucking wait, cause. Is wait, is that is that is that what you're holding on to? That he can't rule it no, out? He's no. a researcher. Of course he can't rule it out. You could never rule of something not. out. Okay, well that I no, get well, you're upon giving, this you're pillar of evidence. Claim, it's, it would be an unfalsifiable claim for me to say, oh no, it's definitely more genetics, bro. I can't okay. fucking prove that. So then, like you can't so then, prove it's mostly environment. Well, no, I can't. I can't I can, wait, wait, hold, wait, wait, hold on. Wait, I can prove it's mostly environment because all of the accumulated data on racial IQ differences has closed so much over so much time and between different populations all over the world through environmental changes. If you read stuff that, that, that was written... Nope. If you read stuff that was written on the Irish... Back in the 1940s, there was a British um, uh, uh, um, uh, neurological researcher who wrote on the average IQ of the Irish back in those days to find that the average Irish was, not a surprise, fucking retarded. The IQ was something... Well, they are the, fucking retarded. That's true! Irish. But you know what they are, in addition to being retarded? Higher than 100 average IQ today. But back in the 50s and 40s, it was something closer to 67. So what changed? Well, it turns out environment changed. We see all these examples the world over of environment making the difference. How many examples have we found proving that genetics were the cause of an unbridgeable gap with environmental uh, factors? At this point, none. So it's a waste of a discussion because we don't have the evidence to make a conclusive determination. And every time new evidence comes out, it supports me. So let's let's talk about what you actually care about, which is that you're afraid of non-white people. Like I know where these conversations no. usually go. No, no, yeah. So let's talk about where this conversation sure. actually goes. Who hurt you? Why? And what can we do about it? Oh no, why? no, no. What's no, the so issue? I, I love I love Latino women. They I, seriously. And so and and like I grew up in the Southwest, like you know, around a lot of Mexican Americans. I I don't. It's not. It's more or less just that when I see. Demographic change, it starts to become political. And you so basically political parties start to be parties for different demographics. I, pay, I it's hate starting it when to change a little bit with Mexican Americans, but that's obviously gonna be something that I think is is not good for America. I agree. Nobody made race political before nineteen sixty five in the Heart Seller Act. I completely agree. What do you oh, what do you bullshit. mean? People, when they what had do you segregation. Mean? Dude, okay. People 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 make every demographic difference political. Man, woman. Coastal, rural America, rural city, uh, uh, flyover states versus like San Francisco, New York or whatever. People are going to make differences between people, political issues, no matter what. You're going to see that no matter where you go, including Belarus. Well, actually, Belarus is a dictatorship, so actually doesn't they don't really have to make an issue of it because nobody's vying for votes. Um, well, no, even in Belarus, I mean, Putin over in Russia is constantly scapegoating. Um, well, minority populations. I don't care about these people. I just use it as an example because it's really white. It was a but hypothetical. There are, I, I there's going to be partisan infighting in any country, no matter what. It sure. doesn't matter whether or not it's all white people or whatever. So it seems like oh, this, like, okay. well, why are we racist? You know, oh, well, to avoid X. Well, X is here anyway. Okay, well, to avoid Y. Well, Y is here anyway. What's wrong with letting the homies in? Uh, letting the other homies, because they're not my homies, they're not even, like, one of me, what the fuck? They're my homies. 
Uh, okay. Well, I don't think they're fat and bisexual. They're generally brown and, and push around lawnmowers. No, there the are fat. Well, about. hold on. I've li I've had sex with fat and bisexual uh, Latin women. Okay. All right. They're all over the place. Fat bisexuals are in Belarus as well. Also, you want to go gut to gut, lad? I lost a lot of weight in 2021. I see those really? photos you guys are spam posting over in the politics AMA server. And you know what? <laughs> I've lost a lot of weight. Been going on a lot of walks out here fighting Nazism with my brisk morning walk. Okay. I'm going to go gut to gut and crunch you people. Do you consider me a Nazi? You haven't said anything about the Jews. I just think you're a white ethnostater. I don't know if you're a Nazi. Yeah. I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm a little racist, but I'm not like, no, I'm not. A little. You're pretty. You're pretty. You're pretty racist. Why? Why lie? I think that it's fine to have an exclusive place, but I'm not talking about like fucking genociding people or rounding people up. Okay. Okay. But the problem. Okay. But the problem is, again, like this is the issue that I have with you people. You're retarded. You can't build a civilization off of ethnic exclusion and then go like, okay, but like, don't do any genocide though. Find me, find me, how many times has that worked? You know, England was pretty much all white people back in the 1600s. Did they keep that shit in their borders? No, America, apart from the slaves that they owned, were, uh, was, was pretty much all white by our current definition up through like the, uh, the mid 20th century. Did that keep us from doing a racism? No. As long as people believe it's okay to discriminate against one another based on their ethnicity or race, they're going to do monstrous shit. So you are hand-wringing over something that you haven't even described the consequences of yet. Like, what's the issue um, to, to promote an ideology that's been responsible for more death than, like, virtually any other? No, with the possible exception violent. of Lysenkoism. Well, no. So the only thing I would advocate for is, first of all, no more affirmative action. And uh, you, you know, us, I would say as a culture, I'd like to see us not use our race as a fucking excuse for why we have, you know, certain outcomes that we have. Now, of course, like you're doing that. You're using race to, to, to oh, scapegoat. Okay. Wait, you're, wait, you're doing that in this convo. You're, you're saying like the reason America has these internal tensions is because of, um, the existence of people of different race races well, that's that's your thing no they're just small part I, I think like you know liberal nimbyist you know that live in places like san francisco new york are, are kind of like the people i hate the most in this country like oh, i good, actually don't like them so I, I mean those those are who i would say actually eh, they, they make my stomach turn black people don't um i'm, I'm happy so to hear I, that I, why I can't we all just li why can't we all just live and let live why can't why can't people i do live of... and let live i don't fuck with them i don't like i don't I'm not going to go out of, I wouldn't like put, I wouldn't harm anybody or tell somebody you, you know, you can't do that or, or insult them. I'm, I'm not that type of a person. So. But you, you want to keep them from entering the country. No, I didn't say that. Well, I think that our immigration, I, I do think that we, we became multi-ethnic in terms of, well, I should say racial a little too quickly. I think it is something that would have inevitably happened in, in a place like the United States of America. But other than that, I mean, I don't, I'm not one of but, those people who thinks you should, who's calling for an ethno state anywhere, but, but I do believe in freedom of association, fine. which would be. But this is the problem. Everything is fine. Everything going wrong with this country is rooted in, in fucking capitalism. Like the, the nimbyism you referred to, the economic disparities, the, the deprivation of the workers' state, the fact that politicians only like vaguely gesture at cultural issues and avoid talking about real economic, like this is like. They could, we could be 100% white and they would still do this. I just don't get what the deal is. Like, it doesn't seem to be hurting anyone, you know? Like, it, it, like I always get this, like, you know, ah, uh, yeah, with the black people with their, you know, their higher crime rate, their IQs or whatever. Well, you know who else has low IQ and higher crime rate? Poor people in this country. Poor people who would continue to exist in this country if there were no black people. And poor people are more likely to commit crime. And poor people are more likely to have a lower IQ. 
And those poor people tend to be black nowadays because we've displaced economic inequality onto certain racial archetypes because it's easier to justify racism when you're doing it through economics by proxy. But none of this gets solved when black people are gone. You're just falling for the mantra of the 20th century robber barons, you know? Oh, all of these issues are exacerbated by the, 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 the blacks coming into our cities, you know? They come to take our jobs. They exacerbate the issues. We could focus on the real issues were only we not without them. But capitalism persists in their presence or absence. We must unite against the greater threat. Oh, but here, see, and this is right. You probably, you, you're, well, you've never talked to me before, but I actually believe in, in something kind of that, that most right-wingers don't believe in, but I believe in a shit ton of funding and support for poor people, especially when they're kids, their most malleable years where you have to set them up. And of course, I would be willing to spend a whole lot of money on wraparound services because, I, you know, school funding, if you increase a lot in school funding, like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation ended up figuring this out. And that's why they, they lowered the amount of uh, donations they were giving to schools is because, well, when it comes to teachers' pay and, 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 and actually spending on the school itself, it's not even a 10% increase, you know, in the, um, uh, I don't know how they were measuring it, but the outcome of the educations, it, it, almost all of it came from outside of the home, which makes that's sense totally because true. a lot of poor parents are going to be working and they're going to be unsupervised and unsupervised kids do really stupid shit. Um, and I, but you know, I, I agree. I we that need socialism. Investing yeah. in them early is better, not only for them, but for society. So we don't have to deal with them as criminals. We don't have to spend money on the police officers, the prisons. We can have, we can have productive people later in life. So I'm not like somebody who's writing these people off. Like I, I, at the end of the day, black or African-Americans are American. We have to, you know, we all have a, an obligation to do the best for everybody. That's my opinion. No, I, I, I agree for this. Well, I mean, you, you, you do at least at a micro level, but I'm glad you agree on, on that in some respects. Um, fuck. Um, we should probably move on this, this, I think this yeah. has expanded beyond the, right. the, the, the scope of an AMA. I enjoyed the conversation though. I appreciate you coming on to talk yeah. with me. Thank you, Pepe. Now, I love you. It's interesting. It's interesting that we're about to go to. So we went from uh, one ethnocider, and, oh, yeah. and the next person up is Zionist Jules. So I guess we are going to talk about uh, a nation that is attempting to build an ethnocide. It's interesting. Just so to Zionist warn you, by the way, I've got half an hour left. Sure. Okay, I'll get in as many as possible. And, and guys, if I call you up, just be aware that that's the time we're working with. Okay, so just like be uh, reasonable. All right, let's hit it. Zionist event. I will, yes, I am here. Um, I, I apologize. I was busy uh, kicking out some Palestinians. Um, oh, that's what I thought you were doing. Yeah, I, I was, and I'm quite proud of that uh, because, you know, self-defense, yada, yada. Uh, so I have a question for you, uh, Mr. Vosh. Vosh. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, congratulations on your weight loss. You look very good, very fantastic. Thank you. I appreciate um, my that. Question to you, my question to you is what is your opinion on the state of Israel? And why is it the best country in the world? Um, right next to America. It's pretty pretty contentious actually, but I don't actually think that Israel is the best country in the world. I think it I think it might be um, really? quite that? a bit further down the list. Okay, I'd like to hear your reasons. We can drop the pretense. What of my positions do you disagree with? I'm going to assume a lot because uh, unfortunately I don't watch a lot of your content. Um, but I'm going to assume that you don't like Israel because of. Uh, something like the genocide, pushing the Palestinian people out, yada, yada. Like that, right? It's true. I don't like that. Okay. So, 
from your perspective, you think that when the Israeli people inherited that land from the previous legal owners, which were the United Kingdom, worked with the UN to create a resolution to create the state of Israel, and we the Jews, I mean the Israelis, decided, you know what, we're going to have a small subset of the Middle East while we're surrounded by all these Muslims, right? We wanted a small, tiny utopia of our own, and these people decided, oh, Oy vey, we can't have Jews on this land. We gotta do something about it. And we self-defended. Do you our think land you might be narrativizing once, a little bit? Not twice, not thrice, not even four times, five times in a row, successfully, right? And we bled for that land. So mm -hmm. why do you think that uh, I don't know when these people are, um, you know, uh, I, I know the rhetoric, the cope and the seethe and the cry, like, oh my God, you're killing the Palestinian kids. When in fact, we're just trying to mind how, our own business. How, how, long, how long will this go on? Are you masturbating oh, to yeah, the sound no, of your own sorry, voice? Sorry, because sorry, yeah, the audio on our end sorry. is not good enough for us to really appreciate the, 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 the sultry dulcet. Um, okay, so I don't know why you would begin a conversation when talking to a person who opposes colonialism uh, by positively framing the creation of Israel by saying that it emerged from UK-owned territory in the Middle East, as though the presence of the British in the Middle East has not been historically up there with, like, some of the worst things to have ever happened in all of history. Um, but yeah, like, leaving aside all the narrativization, the story is pretty simple. Uh, no matter what legal justifications there were for the creation of the modern state of Israel, it still entailed the displacement of hundreds of thousands of Palestinians who have been there for a super-duper extra-long time, uh, it was very bad. They had to move. A lot of people died. It wasn't great. Uh, they had to eke out a ramshackle existence in the shadow of the ever-growing Israel, funded and built and constructed as America's premier military base. Um, and over time, Israel has consistently acted in violation of international law and UN, uh, you know, member state condemnation uh, to slowly, uh, painfully kill off the Palestinians. Um, so, well, well, this on, has been on. done. Wait, hold on. This has been right, done right. Uh, in a, in a number of ways. Um, Wait, obviously, but... the the most obvious example would be the the settler colonialism shit. With the um, you know, uh, uh, Israelis will move into like an area outside their walls, and then like um, Israeli military detachments will be sent to defend them when there's inevitably ethnic conflict because those people are looking to stir up shit. And then the walls get moved out further and further. That's why Israel keeps expanding. Uh, there's the fact that water is being kept from the people of Gaza, you know, um, so that they're be being deliberately sort of choked out of um, uh, provisions. There's the fact that um, Netanyahu and other Israeli officials have deliberately orchestrated a set of political conditions which would prevent um, Palestine from ever achieving any kind of liberation by deliberately funding and um, propagating Hamas as a political extremist group because political extremism from the Palestinians gives Israel pretext to continue their expansion and justification, which is why you guys cry bully so fucking hard when you're one of the most militarily advanced states in the in the world. And uh, every once in a while, a Palestinian like child will send a bottle rocket over the border and you guys will cry about it as you like demolish another city block. Um, yeah, it's a uh, pretty pathetic behavior. There's not really a justification for any of this, by the way. The only justification a Zionist can pull, the only pretext you can muster, is dishonesty and this cringy, bloviating, oh, haha, isn't it based in Chad when we commit human rights violations? But I have no respect for you. You're a piece of shit and you're scum, and nothing you say can take away from that. Ah, talk over me now, will you? Because I'm getting mean now, because your feelings might get hurt. There's nothing funny 
about like, haha, I'm ironically in favor of genocide. What the fuck is wrong with you? What makes Nothing. people online I'm like this? Uh, would you like to speak more? I, I just have like a few things to say and then I'm out because sure. the, audio, the audio quality is a bit crap, but I can understand you. So it's more of an aesthetic thing, but sure, go for it. Okay. So I understand that from your perspective, this is all morally wrong. This is all terrible. I just don't, I, I don't understand why um, you, you would not respect the UN resolution when it comes to don't the, care. Uh, the, UN the resolutions can be bad. Okay, well, you have more to say, or can I just say my part? And no, I have more to say. UN resolutions can be bad. Obviously, right. just because a legal body designated something does not mean I'm going to agree with that legal body. So, so you 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 take stances depending on what's convenient for you. But at the end of the day, <laughs> wait, I, what? Wait, I agree with some laws, but disagree with others. Wait, hold on. You're you're correct. I do take stances that agree with me. That is true. I am capable of agreeing with some things, but disagreeing with others. What the fuck is wrong with your brain? Oh, I know what happened here. A Hamas rocket hit your head. Wait, 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 hold on. Hold on. You seem to have quite the fidelity for UN laws when it comes to your side of your argument, right? But the moment it's respecting, I don't know, any UN, UN resolution when it comes to the state of Israel, you're like, ah, oh, no, these are genociders. Is this really like, your best argument? The UN? State. Is this seriously your best argument? No, the UN said so 70 years ago. Uh, the, a Hamas this... rocket hit your head. The explosive payload was just enough to concuss you, but not enough to kill no, you. And no, that's no, no, why no, you hate no. them now. No, no, no. So, so okay. So, outside of me agreeing with some things sometimes, but disagreeing with other things sometimes, what's the next banger you're going to throw at me? Did a Palestinian kid look extra menacing? The state, the state of Israel was tiny. The Arab League decided to gang up on Israel. We protected ourselves, and now what happened? We protected you. Wait, 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 Yes. Oh, yes, no, it is. Oh, no, yes, no, it is. Oh, there yeah. Is no you think the, in the you, first war that Israel got help from the United States? This is not true. Second of all, the fact that we protected that land with our blood, right? Now the Palestinians cope and see because they're on the losing with side. With your blood. Wait, 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 wait. Who cares? Wait. The the issue at hand here, they should have won. Like you guys came in there and you immediately tried to genocide the existing population you're replacing. We Israel is we a cancer. They declared war. They, they initiated. Oh yeah, we, they we right. They initiated. I know. Didn't begin with you displacing hundreds of thousands of them. You're such a fucking cry bully, dude. Oh uh, yeah, we, we enlisted the help of some of the most powerful imperial countries on the planet to justify our annexation of a territory and the displacement of an ethnic minority there. Hundreds of thousands of people forced to leave their homes, and then you cry that they're mad about it, and then you cry when using American guns, using American money, you then continue to defend yourself from all the neighboring countries that fucking hate you. You guys oh, are fucking dude, pathetic. No, you're history. pathetic. Your that biggest enemies, your biggest enemy is Palestinian country. children with rocks, and you cry about it more than we did about 9-11. And the moment the Israeli people do it, the moment the Jewish people do it, and they're not even wait, doing it. Wait, wait, I'm sorry, wait. The moment the Israeli people do it, the genocide? Wait, did everyone else just hear it? Did everyone else just hear him say that? He's like, they were escaping genocide, but the moment the Israelis do a genocide, everyone gets mad at us. Yeah! I just heard you say that. I may have been talking over you, but I heard it. Yeah, I will get mad at you when you do the Holocaust to Electric Boogaloo. Hey, hey, Bosh, Bosh, are you LGBTQ? Are you LGBTQ? Did you know that Palestinians, they, they literally, 
They literally kill That's LGBTQ crazy, people. That's crazy, dude. Right? I agree. I agree. We should, just, we should just we should just nuke two thirds of the world because they also don't support LGBT rights, dude. All of your arguments are literally like fucking um, neoliberal like meme bait here. Do you seriously believe any of the shit you're saying, or are you generally stupid? I, I, now, I know this isn't your first rodeo because your ass is red because you keep falling off the fucking bowl, you stupid piece of shit. Uh, how can you agree with yeah, one UN whatever, resolution whatever, but disagree whatever. with another UN resolution? How can you how, how can you disagree with genocide when we do it? Let's go, baby. How can you disagree with genocide? The people we're genociding don't like gay people. How could Dude, you guys' biggest enemy are fucking children with rocks and you still cry more about it than we did about 9-11. Go piss yourself. Fuck off. Get this guy out of here. Yeah, I, I feel like I I should have ended that earlier, but it was too good. Yeah, genocidal ethnocytes are bad guys, like obviously. Yeah, I love um, I love I love people who wander into the call like, um, I heard you're against the based genocide I'm in favor of. Jesus fucking Christ. The internet is a fucking cancer, dude. Holy shit. None of these people would survive five seconds like talking to another human being in person. Holy shit. I mean, admittedly, I wouldn't either, but mostly because um, I'm ADHD riddled. I'd want to be playing with my phone, but, you know, for entirely different reasons. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so uh, I'm going to do some text questions because we are running out of time, guys. Uh, but I, I'm going to try to get some of you guys in. I'm having fun. So next up is going to be from FR Hamper. The question is, uh, do you think declining birth rates in almost every country on Earth is a problem? And what can be done to address it? For example... South Korea currently has the lowest birth rate at 0.8, which means they don't have enough people to fill the army and won't have enough taxpayers. Also, how do you expect to solve this problem with immigration alone when soon the resources of immigration will also have a low birth rate too? No, it's, it is a real issue. Um, the, the material conditions dictate the, um, the, the declining birth rate. Industrialized countries tend to have different types of work cultures. We have very low infant mortality, which means that when people have children, they expect those children to live. It's exceptional when a child dies here in the States, where in like a country that's like super underdeveloped, that might necessarily be the case. Um, though most of the world is getting on par with this. Eventually, all the world will have a below replacement birth rate, given enough time and enough local development. But that's not good, right? I think one of the big issues right now is that, like, right now, like, having a child is a death sentence for a young professional, you know? Um, I'm fortunate enough that if I wanted to, I could, because live streaming is literally the easiest fucking job in the world. But, um, like, if, if you're, like, in your 20s or something, like, you do not have the time or the fucking money to have a kid. Like, you just don't, you know? Um, for the vast majority of people, get like, having a kid, it, it's no longer like an economic sacrifice in the way that it used to be, where, like, you know, you can either focus on your career or your family, and, like, people will be like, all right, maybe I'll just be a worker at the plant, but I'm not going to be a manager, you know? And they're still getting, like, 70k a year, and they have union benefits, you know? But nowadays, it's like, it can go from oh, having a kid will keep us in the middle class to having a kid will literally fucking lock us into poverty for the rest of our lives. Um, because having a kid is really expensive. Aren't there, aren't, there's like, there's like studies that show that it can add to the cost of your life by hundreds of thousands over the course of the child's life, like 400, 500,000, like what the fuck, you know? Some of that gets picked up by the state, but not all of it, not most of it. Um, it's really, really, really fucked. And I think, like, honestly, the, the way the way to approach this is with um, a, a pro-worker culture, you know? We need unions. Uh, we need a four-day work week. Uh, we need lowered hours when that's not possible. We need to make our economy more tolerable to uh, working people, because if we can't do that, 
you know, we're, we're, we're essentially condemning ourselves. Uh, the, the, like the only people who will have children are either the ultra wealthy who can afford it anyway, or the people who are so poor that it wouldn't make a difference anyway, you know? And like, fuck, that's really sucks. Okay. Uh, next up is a question from Xenos. The question is, uh, why are your beliefs about censorship so devoid of nuance compared to your other stances? You've conceded that the social media monopoly is dangerous. So why use a private company argument? Uh, if Twitter CEO was like Chick-fil-A CEO and censored the quote-unquote social contagion of quote-unquote trans degeneracy, uh, leftists would rightfully characterize it as constituting censorship of queer speech. Uh, so why deny that social media censorship violates free speech when it happens to right when it happens to right wing or edgy people? Okay, I don't think my view lacks in nuance. I think I, I I have literally the most fucking nuanced view on this of all. But to reiterate it, um, any institution will have a point where they no longer want you to use their services. That is always going to be the case. That's the private company argument. Obviously, I want private companies to have terms of service. If all this stuff was done publicly, I would want them to have terms of service because state enterprises also have terms of service. Um, there are government websites where you can be banned from the comment section if you act like a dipshit. There are government buildings where you can be ousted for not wearing shirts and shoes. There are decorum standards everywhere all in society. The idea that the internet can just be this infinite free haven of people to behave literally any way they want with no consequences is still here if you just make your own site and don't do anything illegal to people. But if you want to carry that attitude over to the gigantic multi-billion dollar like social media empire that has real life consequences that actually affects people's lives day to day, um, like no, that just, it doesn't exist. Nowhere in history has there been a point in time where you can just do anything and it, the people who are allowing you to do it just have to tolerate it. Um, and that's not an anti-free speech position. This is just a regular understanding of how our systems work. I don't think there's anything wrong with acknowledging that. The question is, where should the lines be? What should our terms of service be? It's not censorship for a Nazi to go seek Heiling on Twitter and then get banned. I'm sorry. Like, it's a very simple, like, decorum. You could call it censorship when people walk into their local Denny's, start Sikh Heiling and screaming Nazi slogans, and then get kicked out, but nobody makes a fuss about that. You have to understand that with the expansion of online access to audiences, so too have we expanded some of the tendencies of um, pre-existing enterprises when it comes to the cultivation of their audiences and the cultivation of their platform. It's just something we have to accept. There will never be a true free speech platform. 4chan was not a true free speech platform. They uh, curtailed, what, furries and Gamergate or whatever? They made 8chan, which kind of was. And you know what 8chan was? Full of child porn. Um, they made Gab, which was immediately full of censorship. They made Parlor, which was immediately full of censorship. They made Truth, which was immediately full of censorship. All of the, like, there is no zero censorship. It can't happen. So let's talk about what the TOS should actually be. I'd much rather have that convo than people, like, dreaming up some fantasy world of just like, yeah, what if we just had a fucking stupid idiot site that immediately devolved into child porn and crimes? I'm sorry, one second, my cat's being annoying. Good yeah, no problem. No. Um, no. So if you're watching the stream, uh, this is the politics server on Discord. Discord.gg slash politics. You have a hairless cat? All right, sorry, I'm back. That's adorable, what the fuck? Oh, can I you didn't see know you my... had a hairless cat. Yeah, can you see my stream? Yes. Yeah, I've been watching it. Oh, look at her. Actually, oh. by the way, I have been watching the stream, and what you have like 63,000, I'm sorry, the 6,371 viewers, only 1.8K likes. You guys are fucking up. It's Honestly, they hate me. What's wrong with you? 
The bi pigeon. Ooh. It's a very cute cat. Yes. Uh, next on to Twitty. Uh, what are your views on morality and how it's formed? And uh, do you think we need religion nowadays or not? Um, that's a pretty broad question with how morality is formed. I don't think we need religion, except maybe in the Durkheimian sense. That is to say, um, like rituals that regulate human belief surrounding the sacred and the profane, which you could argue like football is, or like a video game tournament or anime expo. Like a lot fits into that purview. Religion in the supernatural sense, I don't think we need that. I think that what comes to morality, because I'm a moral anti-realist and a consequentialist, it's basically just a matter of recognizing the axioms that you have arbitrarily defined uh, and then uh, you know, trying to build systems that maximize the achievement of those axiomatic values. Um, obviously, it's more complicated than that, but that's a pretty broad question. Awesome. Okay, uh, next up is going to be um, Supreme God Save the Queen, unfortunately. Oh dear. Uh, the question is, what are your thoughts on the ideas that uh, Ted Kaczynski presents in his manifesto? as in the sections of left-wing psychology and thought, uh, over-socialization over and the need for power process by identifying with causes larger than themselves. Also, thoughts on Ted Kaczynski in general? Um, the problem with Ted is that um, he, he, ge he unironically, genuinely did say and believe a lot of things that were fairly defensible and are in line with some respectable anti-civ takes, but obviously he broadly was a fucking nutter. Um, so, you know, you, you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go, uh, I wouldn't go drinking the, um, the bathwater on that one, I guess. Um, yeah, uh, in, in terms, in terms of like the, the, the self identification with, or the ascription towards, um, a cause greater than yourself, you know, I think that kind of fits in with the Durkheimian definition of religion. We, there, there is an innate existential crisis to understanding your insignificance in the, in the world, uh, in, in like a cosmic sense. And I think that people deal with that by trying to identify and align themselves with things they think are important um, and, and causes they, they think that are, exist on a higher level than them. And I think that that's a good thing because I think that can be achieved, you know, that, that can be sort of put towards a lot of good ends. So my, my hope would be, I guess, that people can find um, helpful ways of doing that, fruitful ways. Unfortunately, the internet is very destructive in this sense because, um, you know, people seethe when I say this, but unfortunately it's true. Like, Internet friends 99% of the time are not real friends. Uh, the Discord servers you are in are not full of people who will help you out when you're really down on your luck. Um, the connections and bonds that you make online are fleeting and temporal. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with those, but mistaking them for true friendships can be very bad in a pinch. Um, and I think that, you know, sometimes the higher the higher points that people attach themselves to are, are, are kind of like faulty and, and, and ramshackle and, and sort of flimsy, you know? Yeah. Next one is from uh, Romald Burry. Barry? Um, the question is, can you explain how a man that feels he's a woman is different from a man who that feels he's a cat or Napoleon Bonaparte? Um, if, a, if being a woman is, per, is uh, about performing social roles, then what is it being a cat about? Um, what is being Napoleon Bonaparte about? Do these two not involve performing a social role? Um, can we not create a label to make a distinction between the social realities of being a cat in the physical realities, just like you make the distinction uh, between women and females. Um, and can we not create an, a label like cat gender or Napoleon gender and normalize identifying with these new genders? In other words, um, why do you believe that trans women are sane while people who identify as Napoleon or cats are insane? Of course you could do those things. 
In fact, I encourage you to if you want to. If you believe that there are social roles and understandings and aspirations and ascriptions associated with being Napoleon Bonaparte or being a cat, and then you think, well, I identify more with that conceptual space than I do with that of the gender that I was assigned at birth, fucking go for it. I don't care. Um, seriously. Like what? So if we, if we believe there's a kind of Napoleon gender, which refers to what? A, a collection of archetypes of behaviors, you know? Um, we're only referring to the social space here. What you're describing, by the way, would not be considered mental illness. You might consider a person mentally ill if they really thought they were a cat in the, I guess you would call it the empirical sense, or really thought they were Napoleon Bonaparte. But if a person was like, oh, you know, now you might think this is mad, but this is not necessarily mental illness. This is more esoteric than anything. If a person, let's say a person with colored hair and a nose ring, so it's a bit easier for you to imagine, goes up to you and they're like, you know, Oh, right. Well, I know I'm not literally a cat, but uh, there are archetypal, uh, you know, uh, 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 social roles associated with being a cat. And there are expectations and tropes and aesthetics associated with being a cat. And I just identify more with that than I do any existing gender construct for humans. Uh, then that would not be an empirically incorrect thing. Nor would it be evidence of mental illness. It would be evidence of a very quirky person. Don't get me wrong. This is some quirky shit right here. But you need better evidence like, then people can be quirky when you're attacking trans people, right? Like, people can be quirky like that. People have been quirky like that. There are plenty of historical figures um, throughout time, people alive today and people alive in different societies who have sort of um, archetypically identified with concepts that weren't human. Alexander the Great was a lion, was he not? No one would claim he was literally a lion. But if you, if you said Alexander the Great was a lion, you know, metaphorically, you know, allegorically, well, you know, I don't know. It kind of was a little bit, wasn't he? Huh? We call people bears. We refer to people as wolves. We associate traits with um, inanimate or non-human things all the time, and we identify people with them. The fact of the matter is, identity is complicated, and so is language, okay? My default position is to let people live, like live and let live, until harm can be demonstrated. And thus far, I just haven't seen any harm demonstrated in the in the crusade against trans people, you know? It's always like, well, wouldn't it be wacky if this was true? Okay, sure, wouldn't it be? Okay, where's the actual harm? We're talking about millions of people here. We're talking about civil rights. We're going to need to come up with some pretty substantive arguments against them to, to, to work with, you know? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um, So I'm going to do two more, guys. Hit me! And there are... A ton of people really mad at me in DMs um, because I haven't gotten to their questions. But, you know, he's I'll, kind I'll enough on, to... Uh... I'll come on again. I'll come on again soon. It's been fun. Awesome. Well, we'd really appreciate that. And I'd really appreciate that because I feel like these people are going to form a lynch mob because uh, I guess get their questions. Uh, next up, we have uh, Noted. Um, so he's got two questions. Well, it's more like four, actually. Um, what are your thoughts on Sneeko? And do you think he should be deplatformed like uh, Andrew Tate? And would you be open for a discussion slash debate with him? And there's a second question after that. Um, I, I have not seen any of Sneeko's content, so I couldn't say. I genuinely don't know. Um, but of course I'd be open to have a conversation with him, yeah. Uh, I know he's kind of in like the red pill, MGTOW, not MGTOW, pickup artist? I, I, he's, he's somewhere in that conceptual space. I keep saying conceptual space. I'm so tired today. I got no sleep. I'm very sorry. Um, yes, I would be happy to have a conversation with him. I've been trying to get more in this red pill stuff anyway, because a lot of guys seem to be slipping into that, you know, like there are a lot of 14 year olds out there who are like, um, 
they 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 they're they're going online. They're seeing all the fucking sex posting other people are doing. They're thinking, oh, I haven't gotten laid. I'm already 14 years old. And then they immediately descend into neo-Nazism. So it's, it seems like um, seems like a, a topic worth addressing, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we we did speak to the oldest Andrew Tate fan right at the start of this. So yeah, it's 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 definitely an issue. Right, the oldest um, Andrew Tate fan. <laughs> um. So the second question from Noted is. Oh God! Why are you celebrating the the death of the queen? Do you not understand that she was literally just a figurehead and had no real power, and whose job it was to sit on a throne? Also, uh, do you disregard the fact that she ended British colonialism and believe that she was evil purely because she was born into the royal family? Do you have any legitimate reason for disliking her, such as the Diana conspiracy, for example? Um, no, I don't care about that. First of all, she didn't oversee decolonization. She was in charge when England lost its grip on the world. Those are two different things, you know. Hitler was in charge when he oversaw the decolonization of Eastern Poland or Western Poland, sorry, but that's not a that's not a, you know, that wasn't that wasn't that wasn't a, a willful process. Uh England would have kept hold of their uh, colonies as long as they could have gotten away with, which as it turns out was up until around World War II. Um, also, she had real power, you know, people, liberals especially, like to pretend that she didn't have any power in spite of her literally having institutional power, um, but she she has um, overwhelming cultural power. She is a soapbox, she is the bully pulpit, she has an incredible amount of influence when it comes to the general attitude of the um, of the British people, and she has remained staunchly fucking quiet on a lot of really bad shit uh, when she has an incredible amount of power to, um, to, to weaponize in favor of progressive causes. There's a lot of weird shit about her wanting exceptions to, like, racial hiring standards or climate change stuff or wanting people to know how much money she had. I mean, there's the whole, like, Prince Andrew covering up stuff. The main thing that I care about, though, at the end of the day, is the fact that she's a monarch, yeah. I think monarchs are conceptually disgusting. I think it's fucking ridiculous that a modern country like England would have an actual fucking monarch. Not some, like, pithy little ceremonial token vestigial thing, but somebody who officially does have an enormous amount of power, even if it's not actually used or invoked, because again, it would kind of delegitimize the um, parliamentary structure. Uh, but she has an enormous amount of on-the-books power, and she has an enormous amount of cultural power, and the only reason people like her is because of her bloodline. That's the, that's it, that's it, it's the bloodline, that's it, you know? Um, I think that's conceptually disgusting, and when you are the queen, you are literally the representative of your nation in a way which is more direct and more pure than what anyone could achieve through a presidency or a, you know, prime ministership. And I don't think there's anything wrong with looking at a person who is the, according to their own religion, God-chosen divine ruler of England and hate them a little bit. I think it's okay. It's okay to have a little, just as, as, a, as a treat, you know, just a little bit of hatred. Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting that in the question you simultaneously said she had no real power and then credited her with ending colonialism. Yeah, because well, they because they want her they want whenever like she presides over something good that happens, it's because she you know she like oversaw it. But when bad things happen, it's like you know oh well she couldn't have really stopped that. You know the truth is that yeah, if the course. queen wanted to, she could have been an incredibly vocal voice for a lot of stuff. God, for an example, look at the pope. The pope doesn't have that much institutional power colossal cultural power um which is why he's been stirring up so much um fervor within um with the catholics and catholic aligned countries when uh when the pope goes on about like accepting trans people or lgbt people you know this is a cultural power he has he can't literally change nation nation's policies um i think that's kind of comparable you know yeah okay last question from the deep state aka emotional support twink 
Um, Comrade Vosh, please tell me, what is your favorite dinosaur? Uh, Triceratops. Tri that's... why? Because I like them. It's such a weird dinosaur to pick. Because triangle okay, is I'm not the gonna strongest shape. I'm not going to judge. I'm judging a little bit, but, you know. Triangle is the strongest shape. They're indestructible. Okay, reasonable. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, would, I would pick, like, I don't even know what I would have picked. Doesn't matter. Um, you have a weird dinosaur case. It's fine. It's, it's Triceratops. You're, you're, correct, you're, correct about, you're correct about horse cock. That's what matters. It's the Triceratops. Um, thank you very much for coming on today. Uh, lots of angry people in my DMs, so I'm definitely going to pass for you to come on as soon as you will let us have you on. Please do. Um, and really, I appreciate, really appreciate it that. very much. No, I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. It was a good, uh, it was a good Discord anime. Yeah, uh, well, have a good debate. I think you're debating a fresh and fit fan uh, next, right? Or later on? I think so. Yeah. Hey, that's going to be interesting. Hopefully he's not 15 years old. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, you know, but like, let's not, let's not be crazy here. We, we, yeah, yeah. Um, thank sure. you. I had a good time. Thank you. We did too. Thanks again, Rush. I'll talk to you soon. You have a good day. You have a good day. Uh, reverse the howdy. rest of you. I'm gonna say that now. Reverse howdy. Whenever I end a call, that was a really good Discord AMA. We really, we really like broke ground there. I like. I, <laughs> I got so fucking angry at that Zionist dude. Holy shit! I fucking because like the 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 white ethno state guy felt like more kind of meandering and cowardly i guess but like the um the the he just came in here was like oh, do you want to talk about how based and red-pilled it is that people in gaza don't get enough water you know like fucking okay that was good you almost did another 416 nah my nah that was that was fine that was fine Why'd you go so hard on the Zionists comparatively to the white nationalists? Uh, tone matching. Um, two, well, actually, two reasons. One of them is tone matching. The white nationalist was more conversational and more deferential. Um, you know, like, he would sort of respond to what I had to say. The Zionist came in there dick-swinging, right? Like, immediately, like, oh, you want to talk about Israel? You know, like, that kind of thing, which immediately, like, oh, if you want to be antagonistic, I'll show you antagonistic. Um, the second one is that the uh, Zionist had much worse um, mic quality, uh, which means that um, I couldn't, in, in a direct exchange, I couldn't understand him that well. So just talking over him was more fun. <laughs> uh, also, keep in mind, the white nationalist there is like kind of less hard. Like the Zionist aids and abets an active genocide, you know, like the white nationalist in this case is, feels like more like Internet pontificating. Whereas the Zionist walks in here just, like, actively defending the existing... So it's like, I don't know, man, like... It feels odd saying the Queen having no power is a lib position, since I remember you having a rant where she said she had no power and would get black-bagged if she did anything out of line, so she had no power. No, uh, so what I mean to say is she would get black-bagged if she ever tried to institute any institutional power, like the whole choosing the Prime Minister against the will of the people kind of thing. That would probably get her black-bagged. Um, However, she does have an enormous amount of cultural power, like a tremendous amount of cultural power. Um, and, and, and that's more what I'm speaking to. I just mean to say, like, the presence of the queen, I don't think is that much of a practical detriment to the democratic functionality of the UK and is more of an ideological corruption of the democratic faculties of the UK. Does that make any sense? You know, like, 
having the monarchy there doesn't literally make the democracy function worse than it would otherwise without her. It's more like her presence there is kind of like a conceptual abomination, you know? Um, okay, let me uh, turn off the water that I turned on so Pigeon could get the Slurpees, and then we're going to do the Discord call. Hold on. Oh, wait, they just said give me 20 minutes. But I'm ending stream in 30. I guess we'll be reading Donos. Hold on. Uh, okay. By the way, Vosh, the first Haas knockoff was a troll. He's just kind of like a Rose Mullet kind of troll. Dude, trolling doesn't mean what it used to mean. <laughs> trolling used to mean that you would you you would deliberately adopt an absurd position in order to see other people seethe over it. It's not trolling if you just say things that are wrong and then keep on saying them, right? Like, that's not, because if that's the case, then just any time a person is an idiot, that's troll, like, that's not what trolling is. I thought trolling had, like, was supposed to be clever. Um, the, idea, uh, the idea of identifying with an animal or an archetype like Napoleon is basically what alpha male and sigma male types do. Oh, that's a really good point. The alpha male dynamic was literally adopted from a misunderstanding of how wolves interact in groups. So when you say alpha male, you're literally ascribing like a gender identity um, based on animal characteristics. That's actually, that's, that's actually really good. I'll use that in the future. Yeah. Yeah, trolling just means Schrodinger's idiot, where you, where you actually do believe all the stupid shit. You're just saying it like really dumb so that when other people point out that you're stupid, you don't have to go, oh, yeah, I am being stupid. Uh, okay, Ron SKFC, thanks the two bucks. Really appreciate that. Sake, thank you for the $10. There was, somebody did bring up OK Buddy Vosh, Sake, you're wrong. David Garrick with the five bucks. New here, love what I see. I love you too. AG123 donated $50 twice, representing the server, discord.gg slash politics, which you all can go to, and I'm sure you could have fun if you were there, but I'll warn you that server does seem to be composed primarily of insufferable 15-year-olds. You know, uh, so, you know, what, whatever you can stomach, um, but I had a good time. Oh, and you also donated with the 20 bucks. Does anyone know what server this is on? Really want to talk to Vosh. Yeah, it was just impossible to go through that many questions. Thank you so much for the incredibly kind, uh, series of donos, though. I really appreciate that. Um, Al3 Explode, thank you for the tier three sub. Really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Bobby K, thank you for the $2. Far Eastern Myth, thank you for the two gifted tier one subs. Really appreciate that. Vosh, the federal government should build housing, then sell it at cost to housing co-ops that might prevent people from destroying it as they'll own it. Yeah, but doesn't that just pass the buck down one line where maybe the next people over might? Yeah, I don't know. The Big Evil with the tier two sub, the Vroach, Ian Potodia, is a breed of roach usually infesting streaming services, usually found to be the source of and immune to nuclear bad takes, defeated only by... True! Love my nuclear bad takes. 
Wyatt Bronson and Rigri Sinks. Thank you for the $5 both. Really appreciate that. Um, Bosh, I finally got to join my local unit at my job. Here's five bucks to celebrate. Also, can we get a shout out to the NoHo stripper strike who are trying to um, unionize? God, glory be to those Northern Hollywood strippers. I hope they get their dollar uh, dollar. I really liked how in the first convo I had with the world's oldest Andrew Tate fan, um, where where he was like, can you find any clips of him being misogynistic? And I was like, you know he is, because that's why you like him. And he didn't really have a response to that. That was good. I'm glad. We got getting getting back to the direct. The direct stuff there. <laughs> 